you kind of just have to take the punches that life throws at you yeah and get through them as best you can and like you can't you can't just give up on something just because it's difficult yeah yeah i was gonna i mean something in the same vein right um you cannot plan for everything. You can have an idea of how it's going to pan out. You can have a hope. You can plan for the best case. You can plan for the worst case. And hopefully you land somewhere in the middle. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? The guests on this week's episode of the podcast are just beginning their real estate investing journey with their first recent house hack and are an amazing inspiration to folks just learning about real estate investing and wanting to jump into their first property. Chris and Cassidy have gone from being college students to purchasing a two-family home in Littleton, Mass., and moving from another state. This episode is super valuable for first-time home buyers and other folks that might be on the fence about getting into the game. In this episode, we get into some crucial topics including the cons to renting an apartment over the long term, the power of leveraging your first property into many more, rolling with the punches and embracing discomfort, and so much more. There is so much to take in from this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 67 of the Creating Wealth Podcast. Today, we get the great pleasure of chatting with Chris Vanderloo and Cassidy Schultz, a few awesome first-time house hackers with a duplex in Littleton, Mass. What's going on, guys? What's new? How you doing? pretty good uh we just got all of our all of our boxes in here today and been unpacking them all day yep. i don't know literally today <laughs> yeah that's awesome good. it's quite the uh quite the day though <laughs> uh yes very stressful day yeah very stressful weekend <laughs> you guys just moved over uh over from new york this weekend right yeah we moved on saturday and as of the snowstorm that didn't amount to anything we, we were supposed to have the moving company come on saturday and they were like oh you know what we're not coming until monday and they told us that after they packed everything which was uh, fine it was okay it's not like my medicine was in the truck or anything <laughs> my glasses <laughs> you don't need it right okay it's all here now so yeah. i don't need to see he doesn't need to take medicine okay. it doesn't need to be healthy <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so to kind of go right into that because people may be wondering what you moved into and and why and where <laughs> so what kind of got you guys you know into real estate initially um you know if you could kind of tell like a little bit of your backstory a little bit and like you know your superhero story <laughs> the origin story yeah, yeah sure. that's the one um <laughs> Oh, I, I think, uh, well, I, I kind of dragged you into real estate, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I started with real estate by listening to uh, the Bigger Pockets, you know, podcast and, and reading their stuff. And uh, 
Um, yeah, and I think I think I started listening to to that kind of thing while I was in school, uh, probably about two years in. And so by the time we were graduating this this last spring, uh, we we had kind of figured out that um, you know picking up a multifamily property would be a smart first time home buyer decision to make. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah. How was it? Uh... Cassidy, were you kind of like open-minded to it? Like when Chris first brought it up or <laughs> how did um, that kind of go over? <laughs> I, I thought he was crazy. <laughs> like, I think, I think we had been dating for maybe like what, a year and a half when you first started probably, dating? Probably two years. Two, a year yeah. and a half or two years. And then he really started getting into it. And he was like, you know, I want to eventually buy a multifamily. And I was like, hmm. Because my, my dad had been an investor. He had multifamilies for several years. And I had heard several horror stories from him <laughs> about, you know, things going wrong. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, Chris, you might be a little insane. How are we going to buy a multifamily right out of college? Where are you going to get the money for this? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then I eventually came around once we started looking. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as it turns out, I mean... <laughs> We kind of, well, Kyle, you, you remember, yes. of course, but. Um, oh, for those do? who don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and he did a fantastic job. Um, and so, I, I mean, when, when we started the process, right, I, I remember we talked about this. We weren't sure that we could, we could afford, you know, anything, really. Um, I think it took us until we found, uh, you know, some low down payment options. So, like, in Massachusetts, for example, we went with the the one mortgage, the, the mm-hmm. mass housing program loan, three uh, percent down with uh, you know no private mortgage insurance, and that made you know properties that were within this range, you know half a million dollars to seven hundred or so, reasonably affordable even for somebody right out of college. And really, my only savings were you know from from co ops and that kind of thing, and and her only savings were were from. Uh, various jobs and then yes. Wadsworth and yeah yeah um, it's a really uh some of those programs are really phenomenal you guys actually showed me the the MHP one for the first time like even yeah. like people in Massachusetts like you know at meetups and stuff like I'll you know just kind of be talking about it and like even like investors from around this area like that have been here for a long time have never heard of it Oh, really? And like, it's really crazy. Like, guys, it's, um, you'll have to read into it a, a little bit more because we're not loan officers, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> but like Chris was saying, it's uh, 3% down conventional for single families and two families, and mm-hmm. then 5% down for three families. And I believe they do four families as well. And like Chris said, you know, like no PMI, like that's absolutely crazy. You know, it's, it's unreal. Um, you know, it is like just the first time home buyer program. And, you know, there are like a couple like criteria that you have to meet, but if you can meet the criteria, then it's, it's a really, really crazy option, especially, you know, if you're like right out of college or in college or it's, it's unbelievable. Highway robbery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's cool that they, uh, you know, more, um, when you're qualifying for a mortgage right rental income can factor in as, as a form of income. So the estimated income for this property, you know, in an area where rents are relatively high, but also property prices are, are high too, right? That factors on top of whatever your regular income is to, for you to afford something that on paper might look unreasonable for a person to purchase, but 
once it's rented out, no big deal, you know? Exactly. It's absolutely huge. And even, uh, you know, to your point, Chris, like if you were just looking to buy, you know, like a traditional single family, like a forever home or a condo or something, like you're just going to get the amount that you're pre-qualified for or pre-approved words, (laughs) (laughs) pre-approved for rather. Um, But, you know, as soon as you jump into like the multifamily territory, like even, you know, a two family, a three family or four family, like those, a percentage of those rents get factored into your pre-approval. So like in some cases, depending on, you know, how like the property prices are looking and, you know, kind of how you play your cards, like you could get like a, a two, three, four unit property and get, you know, a heck of a lot more um, money to be able to work with from the bank, you know, like towards your pre-approval, like because of that extra rent that's coming in. It's something that like a lot of people really don't know. And it's, it's really unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely <laughs> instrumental in making this first purchase possible. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, I, I know it's pretty, pretty early to things, but what is your, your drive and, and kind of your vision for the long term? Uh, well, I, I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll answer that. I mean, um, Real estate in my head is a uh, is a vehicle towards building wealth, right? Um, it's it's not something that I, I personally want to build a, a a career out of. Really, I, I you know I want it to be somewhere to to put my money and have it grow into something sustainable. And yeah. you know when I'm talking about wealth, I mean just not needing to work if I don't want to, being able to have the freedom to, to pick and choose what I want to do, even if I, I'm not making income from, from what I'm choosing to do in the short term, you know, that, that sort of thing. Be able, be able to spend time with people I care about, um, like her. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my cat, of course. <laughs> if I want to just take the day off and spend the day with my cat, it'd be lovely. Um, but yeah, I you know, that, that's how I view real estate. I, I, you know, purchasing a multifamily like this was, was the first big step. I think purchasing other multifamilies will be a good step too. We're for that, those reasons, we're not interested really in, in flipping properties or, or anything short term. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great market for wholesaling and flipping and, and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, rental properties are one of the best, you know, long-term sustainable sustainable ways to grow your wealth. hundred percent. I, I couldn't agree more, you know, and even like, who knows, you know, maybe like your strategy could change down the line. You know, if you got like a couple of properties under your belt and they're like, Oh, like, you know, I kind of need capital quickly. Like, you know, maybe meet a couple people or something like that. And now all of a sudden you want to do a flip and try and make, you know, a decent amount of a return back to be able to use for a down payment for something else. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, and I think, uh, you know, as we, as we move forward with, with this property, I mean, her, you know, Cassidy and I have learned a heck of a lot just trying to, to manage, you know, getting, getting the, the previous tenants out and, and renting this out to new tenants and taking photos of the new place and preparing it, you know, have to Doing turn around. Work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, how, yeah. Well, to talk about how we, uh, how much work we put into the downstairs. Oh my God. So we worked on the downstairs for probably what, like a month ish. <laughs> yeah. On, on and off, off, on and off through the weekends. Off. Yeah. Yeah. We came down every single weekend 
for a month straight, mostly <laughs> mostly with my parents because my dad is a contractor. So we did a lot of stuff on the bottom unit. Yeah. And yeah. it looks gorgeous, you know, and like, <laughs> I mean, the, all the listing photos. I mean, ooh. yeah, and those were with an iPhone. So <laughs> shout out to Apple. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> shout out to apple and their new <laughs> advertisement um i mean like i feel like there was one thing that that was kind of cool that you guys were able to do you know like the tenant that was in there before you know that ended up leaving you know for other reasons like to be able to go in you know get the rest of the stuff out of there and like just open up the unit all together um you know do a little bit of like a turnaround and like update things and like work on it like you guys did and then be able to increase that rent you know a, a pretty decent amount you know for the next tenant coming in and uh would you guys mind kind of talking about that like your experience you know for the first time like turning over a unit and like you know putting it up on uh and and the amount of applications and stuff <laughs> oh, yeah. it was it was pretty stressful i would yeah. say so we had to kind of pick and choose what to update downstairs because you yeah. can't really like go in all at once and do everything and you have to keep in mind that it's a rental unit it's not like this is your forever home you can't can never make it perfect yeah because there's always going to be a turnaround where tenants could damage something or whatever and you don't you you don't want to put your heart and soul into it and just see it not kept up yeah. So we took care of that stuff and then we listed it and I, we list I was it? worried about the the price that we were listing it yes. at but uh I mean yeah. you remember how, how we so we decided that I mean we went to uh we went to apartments.com and, and various sources to kind of identify what we thought it would rent at mm -hmm. and um I mean that that you know the the previous tenants were, were at lower lower rents than we thought we could achieve um but I remember sharing my anxieties with you several times yes. and, and you, yeah. you seem pretty confident and of course it's rented. So, yeah, I always, I tried to be very confident about the numbers just because I saw what other places were going for around here. So I thought, you know, if these people can get X number, surely we can get Y yeah. like easily with all of the things that this house has, like we have a full backyard, big driveway, washer and dryer in unit. I had like no doubt that we would be able to get what we wanted for it. And we got quite a bit of activity, quite a few applications. And we had, I just lost my train of thought. I'll cut this out. <laughs> applications. Um, <laughs> I, okay, listen, I, I don't. How many, how many like section, section eight app? We had, we had a lot of section eight applicants. We had a lot of, uh, you know, regular applicants with, with slightly lower income. We kind of, I mean, we set our, we set our, um, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Our uh, criteria. Yeah, we set yeah. our criteria pretty, pretty set in stone pretty early on. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted uh, three times rent or, yeah, we wanted three the income to be income three times rent. Yeah. Um, we wanted uh, uh, 700, $700, 700 credit score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, we saw other places in the area that were pricing their units like way out of what we thought was reasonable. Mm -hmm. And and we could have probably listed it for 24 or, or you 25 know, even, but we, we didn't want to do that because yeah. we didn't want that. 
we, scout people. Yeah, we well, <laughs> there's that, but we also, you know, we want to be able to to pick and choose from the applicants, right? We wanted a good yeah. a good pool to choose from. You know? Exactly. Um, and, and pricing it at that, you know, we got I, we probably got like some like eleven applicants in uh, the first week. No, we something got, like that. I think we got fifteen probably was that in the first week yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. so and 15 this is, 15 this is during winter too when it's really slow oh yeah yeah yep yeah and um so 15 out of out of those 15 how many met our criteria probably half yeah or so well no probably a little bit less i, I think we had i think we had like five or so that, that we were kind of yeah. kind of looking at 40 yeah. to 50 percent <laughs> yeah yeah but we learned a lot through all that too setting up setting up our systems and, and everything knowing who's uh you know knowing who's taking on each responsibility trying not to step on each other's toes mm -hmm. um yeah <laughs> but yeah. it worked out right we, we got we got yeah oh, oh and and we accepted we accepted somebody at first too and, and they ended up uh, not accepting us right um, and we weren't that happy with the turnaround time so yeah. I think we, we decided from then on to be a little bit more stringent about how long people have to you know to accept uh, and sign a lease mm -hmm. um, and what, what else something else about timing too I was I was just thinking Kyle you're gonna have to cut so much out of us <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> This is the real stuff. This this is the genuine, the genuine stuff. I like to keep this stuff. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it embarrass me. <laughs> no, yeah. also, I mean, there's um, I think there's a, what's it called? Um, oh, I mean, like when it came to you know, like that first tenant that that came on, you know, that you guys accepted uh, not too long ago, yeah. you know. I think like there's really important lessons, you know, that you guys might've like picked up from that, you know, for the next time to kind of like implement as part of your process. So like, like you said, you know, like judging the timelines and kind of figuring out like, Hey, like, you know, you only have until like X date, you know, like X weeks or whatever it is from now to be able to do this. So then next time, like you won't have that same problem and you could just keep like, you know, using the same process over and over and over again you know, with a, a pretty low, uh, like tuition cost, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. We had a family that we really liked. They like came and saw the unit. We met them. We clicked with them really well. And we told them, okay, so get your application in. They yeah. never applied. And we sat, we kind of sat around waiting for them to apply because we really liked them. We really wanted to rent to them. And we had all these other applications sitting around and we were like, all right, let's just give them until X date. And if they don't apply, then we move on. Yeah. And so we moved on and then we accepted another couple and they ended up not accepting us because they went with the place that was closer to where they worked. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up with the tenants that we have right now who we really like a lot. So that's good. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> and I mean, that's that's the benefit of pricing it right and, and mm -hmm. having options too, right? Because if, if we had had, you know, just the one couple or yeah, the family that came by to see the unit, uh, and we were waiting on their application, you know, 
we might not have had other other options right besides them if we had priced it too high um, yeah. and they might have still fallen out or, or somebody else might have picked another unit. And with those kinds of things, right, when you're renting, you know, let, let's say let's say that you, you know, a rent that's too high was twenty four hundred and a rent that's just right is twenty two hundred. Right. Um, if you have a, a unit that's on the market for too long, right, for each month, you're losing $2,200, right? How much is that $200 difference going to make up, you know, in, in the time that you have the tenant um, versus how long you had to wait to get that tenant in? Exactly. I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I think that's a really huge point too. Like if you tried to, um, you know, put the unit up for like a much higher amount, like on the spectrum, like a, a much higher amount of the range. And then, yeah, like you might be able to rent it for that. But I, I totally agree, like you might have a lot less of a tenant selection to be able to pick from. But if you go too low and then like way too many people are flooding in, like now you get, you know, bit off a little bit more than you could chew, you know? Yeah. So I think like the way you did it was absolutely awesome. You know, I, I feel like there's a lot to, for people to learn from that, you know, just kind of hitting that right spot. And yeah, it was kind of something that you couldn't really figure out how to handle properly until you actually went through with it once yeah 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 stressful but now we know what to do yeah next time we need to get a tenant in i mean we so. were nervous as hell yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> place you know mm -hmm. like hey, how do you how do you do it the right way yeah i don't know <laughs> hey it's I mean, new it's still, growth yeah we're still making our mistakes too obviously with how we handle things but the best we can do is <laughs> just make it right the next time <laughs> it's, it's all a learning experience i mean nobody's born an expert in anything yeah exactly yeah you know even like as you know like first-time investors you know what i mean like that's that's gonna happen a lot you know it's like figuring out the way i kind of look at it is kind of like a like a baseline so like if you're trying something new for the first time or you know like you just bought your first house or like you know uh like getting in like your first tenant or, you know, whatever the, the situation is like, as soon as you try it the first time. Yeah. I mean, you know, things might not go a hundred percent as planned or like they might go really well. They might go, you know, absolutely horrible and in flames. Um, but like, as long as you can learn from that experience, like, I feel like you kind of created that like baseline, you know, if you will. So now like the next time that you can do it, now you have something to keep building on and then it compounds and, you know, like you have your starting point already done. Like now it's just how to optimize that starting point that you had and, and just make it, you know, kind of where you see the vision for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that the, the, you know, the next property is going to be much easier than this one. I mean, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard lots of real estate professionals say that, but you, you don't really know how difficult it is to you know, manage all of this until yeah. you get into the weeds of it. And it didn't help that every milestone on this house was like during a holiday or a vacation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we, we saw this house for the first time at the beginning of family vacation, put in the offer during family vacation, did the inspection on our way back from family vacation. Um, we closed right after Labor Day, I believe. Um, 
we got we got our tent like we picked our tenants over thanksgiving sending like, sending an escrow wire transfer in the back of a car driving, driving back from mount washington driving back from mount washington in an area <laughs> where i had very little signal but i knew that i needed to shut it out by like the next day yeah, yeah. Hmm. but one heck of a time i'll got, tell you but you gotta you know, do what you gotta do right and now i know how to do wire transfers the right way <laughs> <laughs> I learned I had to learn very quickly just to have a bank account that does wire transfers. Oh, <laughs> Fargo. Fargo. No, that's a bank. Yeah, it was Western oh, Union. I was having issues. With <laughs> you know, we got it. Forget about that um Wells Fargo slander. <laughs> <laughs> I I retract my slander. statement. I they're coming after you now. You know that, right? <laughs> Get a credit card for them and they'll leave you alone. <laughs> Are they a credit card company? <laughs> they're a bank. They probably offer credit cards. Well, I, I sold my soul to Ally, so. <laughs> <laughs> just find a Wells Fargo pen and just use that one pen for the rest of your life and you'll be all set. <laughs> all right. On, that'll that'll, that'll make me even. Yes. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, um, you know, like a really, really crazy process. And like, like you said, like, you know, being on vacation and like doing all these different steps and everything. And like, it was, it was awesome. It was, uh, you know. It was couple... awesome for you because you got the commission. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I think it was stressful for all three of us. <laughs> yeah, you, you had a lot to deal with on your side too. I know that. Hey, I mean, there was lots of challenges, you know, lots of growth for, uh, I think for, our, for all three of us, you know what I mean? For the both of us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all of us. Yeah. For, right. for the thrice of us. Not, not just, right. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's, you know, your, your team is so important too, right? Oh my God. Yeah. So, well, so I'll admit that sometimes I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm very trusting of people, generally speaking. Uh, and sometimes that can bite me in the tail. Uh, in, in one case, it didn't, right? Because I, uh, I found John on, on Bigger Pockets uh, and then Candor Realty, and then I found Kyle. And that was, uh, that was great. That process went, went swimmingly. Um, <laughs> communication is very important with people on your team. So, it's important that you vet people a little bit first and try to get an understanding of their communication style and know that, you know, if, if something feels off to you, you can always back out. You can always go with somebody else. If somebody's not communicating well with you, that can mean the difference between having a property and not having a property. <laughs> you know, it, it can mean the difference between, yeah, a, a, a lot of things. Um, and getting a property is a huge deal as mm -hmm. as we all know because it can, <laughs> it can build your wealth or you could you could lose everything on on a terrible house um a lemon. You, you don't know yeah oh a lemon, a lemon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah no I, I totally agree with you man um your team is definitely absolutely everything um, <laughs> that was one of the best pieces of advice you gave us too, Kyle, was that you got to like have your, what was, did you call it like, did you call it like your own team? Probably. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, that, I don't remember something the exact like that, <laughs> but you know, it's, and like, I feel like, um, I feel like you like, you don't really know until you're in the process. 
you know what i mean that's, so like even true. even like you guys like you had you know like a couple things come up um like with the tenants and it was like a, a plumbing issue um you know so right. now like if you found like that that plumber did a great job like you might use him the next time and be like oh like all right you know now, like now he's our go-to guy like oh give like ryan a call <laughs> you know yeah. we have a guy for our our oil company we have a guy his name is chris also funny enough but nice name we love him he's our guy so yeah yeah i mean <laughs> you know i yeah i talked to multiple oil companies i talked to so many plumbers mm -hmm. to fix this issue some yeah. of them were were you know kind of I don't know, brunt, I guess, and what? short, blunt, not brunt, <laughs> blunt, <laughs> like, like kind of, kind of short with me and kind of like, we're, we're too busy, you know, we can yeah. come out in the next, whatever. Um, and then we had, we had two different plumbers come out for this and yeah. well, basically the backstory is um, the tenants didn't have hot water in the shower. So we were like, okay, maybe it's the mixing valve because they had hot water everywhere else. And then a few days later, it turned into, okay, they don't have hot water anywhere and the water's brown. Anyway, to make a long story short, we had one plumber come out and he told us, oh, the water's fine. Everything's fine. And he just didn't run the water long enough for it to get cold. Yeah. And then we had another plumber come out the next day and they didn't bring the right tools to fix it. So here we are sitting in New York. We can't really do well, anything about this. Honestly, so honestly, it's a good thing that they didn't fix it because they were yes. coming out to fix the mixing valve in the shower, which wasn't which, the problem yeah, in the first place. It didn't end up being the problem. It was the boiler itself. Um, Again, we talk about learning experience. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I think I think our learning experience there, if there's any issue with the hot water and it <laughs> and it might be isolated to an area that puts out you know a large volume of water at a time, such as, for example, a shower a shower <laughs> maybe we check the water boiler first <laughs> and then look at mixing valve and that kind of thing if we can't isolate the issue there um but they get then again we're also young and stupid ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, i don't know if we told you this but um chris whoa that's okay there was just a sound i think it was the radiators again i heard that it might have been a ghost <laughs> next to a cemetery oh <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, uh, house is already haunted ghosts we'll deal with it <laughs> what are you saying um chris's mom went to the hardware store the other day to buy hmm? no go on. to buy paint for our bedroom and she was talking to the guy at like that was mixing our paint and whatever and it's kind of a funny story but we wanted like a nice green color <laughs> and we wanted matte finish of course yeah. and his mom was like oh it's for my kid's room and the guy was like if it's a kid's room you want eggshell because they're going to be writing on the walls and chris's <laughs> mom was like no and the guy was like oh well how old are they and he <laughs> chris's mom said 22 and he was like oh well then they're not gonna be writing on the walls are they and chris's mom was like no it's their house <laughs> And, and the guy was like, what do you mean your son bought a house at 22? I'm in my 30s and I can't even get a mortgage. The dude was like. Yeah. And Chris's mom, to not make the guy feel bad, she said, ah, they just give a mortgage to anyone these days. <laughs> this guy went from. I love her so much. This guy went from thinking Chris was like a five-year-old kid to like a 22-year-old that bought you know, a house. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, oh, hold on. Now, to be fair, I do know where my markers are. 
I might go draw on the walls anyway. Hey, who's going to stop <laughs> you, the landlord? It's my house. It's I, my I, house. I don't know. <laughs> but, Chris, um, if it makes you feel better, it is your house. It is your roof. It is. You it can is write on the house. walls if you would like to. That's right. <laughs> Big lesson here, guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, to his credit, though, it is really difficult to afford and and you know purchase a house around here. Oh yeah. Unless it's a multifamily. That's so, the big asterisk. Right. So most of the most of the single families around here are all, you know, at least like like six hundred thousand dollars and up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we found this property, which was a little under that because it's well, it's it's ancient. It's about two hundred years old. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of a kind of a diamond in the rough, really. But got super lucky, right? But so if you if you purchase a, a half million dollar to you know six hundred thousand dollar property around here, your mortgage is going to end up being about three thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So unless you, you make, uh, I don't know how much that is, like nine nine thousand a month. It's I'm running the numbers in my head here. Unless unless you make it's a, a good amount of money, like yeah, <laughs> 130 a year. You know, it's it's kind of out of reach, really. Yeah. Even if you do make that much, it might be a little bit out of reach. And but, even then, for six hundred or seven hundred, you're probably not getting more than two bedrooms. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Maybe like twelve hundred, fifteen hundred square feet. No, that's I. I'm not very good at math. I'm sorry. Scratch that. <laughs> but, no, but so if you, if you get a multi, if you get a multifamily, right for for you know a similar price as one of the single families, you get uh, you get less you know, less space, but depending on how the rents work, and in this market, rents are quite high. And so the the rents ended up being um, basically our entire mortgage is is what the the rents are equated to. Um, And so of course, you still have taxes and all the variable expenses, maintenance can can go, you know, one direction or another direction. It depends, it depends everything on the house. Yeah, yeah, capex, uh, roofing, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I'd much rather um, have all the fixed expenses be taken care of by something else that's relatively fixed. Um, and then, and then just, just only have the variable expenses to deal with, right. That, that I, you know, we can handle. Um, and it, it makes this kind of property much more affordable while you're still gaining the same amount of equity in the property, you know, month after month, and you're paying just significantly less to get that equity. Mm -hmm. Right. I think, I think every month that we're in here, we're probably making more, in equity than we are paying out in maintenance and, and that sort of thing. Of course. Yeah, and it's huge. Like even like one thing that I feel like people might not talk about as much either is because like you guys were renters before. You know what I mean? So like, you know, you know, like first yeah, until like, like two days ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we still are. We're technically still on our lease for our old apartment. I was just gonna ask. Wait, did you <laughs> did you just end the lease a couple of days ago? Well, I mean, so the lease goes until the thirty first. Yeah, and we're technically like still paying like those days, prepaid. But we just moved out because I mean, that apartment was not very good. Not to slander them, but there was a lot of like mold and water. The windows looked like prison windows. We were in yeah. like the basement. The floor was concrete almost <laughs> yeah so this is like a castle compared to that and then my previous apartment was very small very busy road very expensive for what it was anyway i think you were getting to a yeah point. sorry we <laughs> just went off on a tangent about our no, crappy no. apartments <laughs> no I, i'm glad you said that because that totally adds to my point of like even if a property isn't like you know 
you know, if you're looking for a house hack, right? Even if it isn't like the most like cash flow savvy, like right away, like even if it can slice like the rent that you were paying before, like in half or like, you know, 75% or like more than that, like if you only have to pay like, you know, like a couple hundred bucks or like 500 bucks a month or something like that, instead of like a thousand, 11, 1200 bucks a month, like that's still a win, you know, like down the road, like as an investment, like. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? But like, if you can even just cut that bill down a little bit, like that's, that's still a win, you know, cause Chris, like you said, like you're still gaining that equity, you know, hopefully the market's doing okay. You're getting some appreciation. Um, you know, the rent's coming in, you know, from the other side or other two, three units, what, whatever. And then like the tax benefits as well. So like, you're still getting paid like four ways and cutting, you know, the bills that you had before, hopefully just, you know, cutting that in half or, or more, you know, yeah, until I mean, like you might cash flow or, or whatever. The, the way that we were thinking about it when we first started approaching this, right, you can do a house hack in like a crazy way, right? You yeah. could just stay in the living room and rent out every <laughs> single bedroom in your place and buy a single family yeah. or a huge place. You I, know? I jokingly said to a bunch of my friends, like, you can rent out our closet space. <laughs> <laughs> but is it a, a bad idea, though? Yeah, I mean, I miss them. I'll have them live with it's us, not. please. So, I mean, I mean, you could do it that way, right? Yeah. But what we were looking for really was we we did want our own separate space, mm -hmm. right? We didn't want to 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 really compromise on on privacy and yeah, that kind of thing. the things that we would not compromise on was like I, this sounds really stupid, but it was like sunlight, washer and dryer in unit, more yeah. space than we had before. Yeah, doesn't smell like smoke. Yeah, that, that's not, <laughs> I don't think those are too many bad compromises. And, wow. and so what we were looking for financially, right? I mean, we, so, I mean, it was a totally different market, right? So we mm. were paying, I think, 1200 in rent, but obviously mm. we, we came here 11. or 11 and we, we came to, to Boston. Well, you know, Littleton. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and this sort of area for, uh, you know, work and that kind of thing. Rents are obviously higher here, right? Rents, we would probably be paying the equivalent of $2,000 a month or more. Easily. So we were looking for something, you know, that would, that, that would cost us between 12 and 2000 a month, really, because yeah. when you're paying 12, $1,200 a month in rent, did I say twelve thousand earlier? I don't remember. <laughs> Man, that was expensive. Hundred dollars a month in rent. 12, All of that money is going out the window. You're not getting anything back on that. It's just it's just gone. But you get the living space, and that's and that's it, right? If you're staying, you know, let, let's say hypothetical. Let's say you have to pay fifteen hundred a month instead to have a house hack, right? Where you have, you know, maybe maybe it's a something like this, right? Maybe if it's like a half million dollar property and you end up paying $1,500 a month to, to live there in average, you know, yeah. expenses. It's, you're going to be making more money paying $1,500 a month with owning a property than you would, you know, paying $1,200 a month for rent. One, because rents go up over time. Mortgages don't. Two, uh, I don't know, something else. <laughs> but mostly that. Yeah. Right. So, no, I, I totally agree with you, Chris, you know, and like the concept of like the longer that you have the property, the more the spread of like your expenses and like your mortgages and stuff is going to shrink. 
And, you know, rents, like you said, you know, typically go up. So that spread's just going to keep getting wider, you know, the more that you own the property. And I don't think we've even talked about appreciation. No. I, pre <laughs> I appreciate you. Too. <laughs> Aw, you too, guys. But no, I, I, I guess that's appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, and like, I, I think that's something that's really important is like, it depends on what side of the coin that you're on when it comes to, you know, your living space. Like if you're renting an apartment or something, like you said, you know, like you have space that's yours, that's great. Like it's, you know, your own kind of area. But, you know, the amount that you're paying gradually is probably going to go up over the same time, you know, and like you're not getting equity and like you're just yeah. like you said, like that money's just you're just throwing it away. But if you're on the other side of that coin and, you know, you're able to to buy like a house hack through you know, one of these like low down payment kind of loans, then like you said, like you might pay a little bit more off the bat, but you could have like a whole ass house that's yours. And, you know, like the rents might be, you know, not at market value when you buy it, like you might have to fix it up a little bit, whatever. But like this space is like, it's all yours. It's probably going to be a significant amount more than what you got, you know, for like apartment space, you know, just, just renting a place. And like I said, a minute ago, over time, like rents are going to gradually go up. Like people are going to move in, move out. And like, you know, eventually, you know, however you choose to do it, those rents are going to keep going up, you know, with like the area. And like I said, like your, you know, your mortgage and stuff like that is just going to keep going down, you know, and that, that spread's going to get bigger. So I, yeah. I feel like it's just kind of, you know, choosing like what side of the coin that, that you want to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? I assume a lot. Of Definitely. Of course, <laughs> right. It's, I mean, generally, oh, you haven't read no, it yet. No, I, I bought it for her and she hasn't read Ooh, it. Called I out. read it for bucks. Bridget. Listen, that's not real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Who reads anything besides real estate books? <laughs> me. <laughs> not me. Clearly, you can tell I'm not the one that spearheaded this, <clears throat> but I'm along for the ride. Yeah, right. <laughs> I forget what I was even saying. Oh, yeah. First so, I, I mean, owning an asset generally, right? By, by, you know, buying an asset with somebody else's money yeah. is the best way to build wealth it's 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 proven right it, businesses are built out of that uh, uh all real estate empires are built out of that a small loan of a million dollars yeah <laughs> i mean because you know we own this this asset now right we yeah. borrowed you know however much it was like you know theoretically right if you bought buy a house that's that's half a million at time of purchase, you borrow half a million to buy it. If the house increases in value, well, the house is yours. You can sell it and pay off that, that loan at any point, right? Yeah. But a loan will still be for, for $500,000. So, so anything you gain there is, is just gravy. Uh, gravy? Gravy. Yeah. It's the gravy on top. What? That's the <laughs> term. I think it's a term. That's yeah, a term, right? never heard. <laughs> it's gravy. <laughs> yeah. That's just gravy. A cherry on top? You could say either. I think. I think it means the same thing. I just never heard gravy. I think I used it earlier. No, you did not. 
I promise you, you didn't. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're derailing this conversation. But yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, Chris. You know what I mean? And like, even, you know, if down the line, like if you wanted a bigger property and like you wanted to like 1031 exchange it into like, you know, a six unit or something like that, you know, and now all of a sudden, like, you know, you have hopefully, you know, all that profit and stuff from the first time the experiences of, you know, building your processes for like tenant screening, um, dealing with repairs, like how to find contractors, vet contractors, like all that's then, you know, just gonna like loop over to the next, next deal. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's the hope. Or, I mean, you know, you can, uh, you can do HELOC loans on, on places. Like if you, you know, if you're comfortable with that, that's another, just playing with the bank's money right exactly. as much as you can play with with the bank's money without you know exposing yourself to too much risk right yeah. is is a good thing so if i wanted to keep this property and i didn't have the money for a down payment on another one i could take out a loan against this one and and purchase the other one and, and pay pay both off over time you know and then and then i have a two unit and a six unit even better <laughs> exactly more units <laughs> <Huzzah. laughs> and like the thing i love about that concept too is like like you actually, you know, like worked like hour for hour to be able to like, you know, afford the down payment for like that first property. But mm -hmm. then once you get the next one, it's probably going to get a heck of a lot easier to be able to, you know, save up that second down payment. Cause now it's just not, it's not, you know, just coming out of your pocket. Like that could be, you know, like cash flow coming in or like equity that's being built up over time or whatever. Like now you have a couple other like smaller bank accounts, if you will, you know, to be able to draw from, you know, depending on how you play your cards, as well as, you know, the amount from like your day job or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Owning assets opens you up to a lot of other ways of financing you know things mm -hmm. that that you you don't usually have when you're when you're just starting out right when you're just starting out it's it's the money in your pocket and it's the income from your you know w-2 job or whatever yeah i totally agree <laughs> w-2s <laughs> Ooh. so what is the most important lesson that you've learned over your career that could be it's it's like super open-ended like it could be like from, you know, buying your first house or like, you know, like life in general, like it's, it's interesting <laughs> because like, we're pretty much, you know, in a very similar position of like just beginning and like, I like to ask anyway. <laughs> I think mine would be, you kind of just have to take the punches that life throws at you yeah, and get through them as best you can and like you can't you can't just give up on something just because it's difficult yeah yeah i was gonna i mean something in the same vein right um you cannot plan for everything mm -hmm. you can have an idea of how it's going to pan out you can have a hope you can plan for the best case you can plan for the worst case and hopefully you land somewhere in the middle because you, yeah. you, you can't you can't really plan for how these things are going to pan out um and like Casty said you just gotta roll take, with the punches roll with the punches yeah. uh as it happens and you know each problem deal with it one at a time 
Make it through to the other side. Embrace discomfort. Embrace yeah. discomfort. That's it. My, par- my parents have been saying that frequently to yeah. to us in in the last few days. Embracing yes. this. Actually, it's a it's a really good point. Yeah, too. my one cool. of the best yeah. pieces of advice my dad has ever given me is you you don't get anywhere in life without making yourself uncomfortable with something for a while. I mean, we were uncomfortable as heck. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Cassie was telling you earlier that she wasn't on board with the yeah. idea of buying a multifamily, you know. Yeah. And, and Even when we first met you, I still was not completely on board with yeah. buying. If anything, it's more scary because like now yeah. things are actually happening. Like this is real, <laughs> you know. Very overwhelming. Yeah. I was talking, I had my work. Uh, last day of work on Friday and I was talking to my boss and she was like you know you really have every major life stressor happening right now all at once like you're starting grad school you're changing jobs you're moving like everything all at once and I was like yeah yeah embrace discomfort (laughs) roll with the punches (laughs) we really embrace that discomfort yeah Yeah. well these these things don't happen if you're if you're comfortable yeah the best way to progress forward yes <laughs> i don't know it's to what be uncomfortable yeah i yeah yeah well, i guess so yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean if we wanted if we wanted safety and security we'd still be renting mm-hmm. uh because buying a property can seem very very scary and <laughs> like my my uh yeah my my dad would uh, tell me about every every single thing that could go wrong under the sun when when you purchase a property, you know. But uh, yeah. you set out with the goal in mind. You kind of just you take all the problems and you go, well, I'll, let me just stick that all into my worst case, and we'll see what we can figure out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's absolutely huge, and like something I've been pretty fascinated with, um, you know, in particular, relatively recently, is like something that like people don't talk about often is, is kind of like the, uh, like the mental like aspect, I guess, especially of like real estate in general of like things, not going hundred percent to plan all the time. And, you know, having those events that come up and like, just having to get through it and like, just trying to stay like level headed. Cause like, like you said, you know, you know, the, both of you guys, um, you know, of like, just like having that vision, and shooting towards it and um (laughs) sorry (laughs) um yeah like just having that vision and and shooting towards it and just kind of like rolling with the punches you know as you continue because like it's hard to see you know the light at the end of the tunnel sometimes and you know like those self-limiting beliefs start to come in and it's like oh like you know is this like a sign that it's not meant to be and like you know, it's, you just have to, I totally agree, guys. I, I think that's a really big one is to literally just like keep fighting. Like, cause if it was easy, like everybody would have did it. Exactly. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because the, the goal at the end of the day is uh, financial independence, right? It's safety. Fire. Fire, fire. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's safe. It's financial security. Um, you know, with your own, with your own funds, it's, it's knowing that you can live the life that you want to live without being dependent on anything outside of what you personally have. It's huge. It really is. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get that opportunity. So we are, uh, you know, we're very happy that we got to, that we got to have this opportunity, right? We're, we're happy that we, 
you know, figure out the right places to, to learn all this information, talk to the right people, yep. right? Found the right property. And it's never luck. Like, I, I don't like the people that think it's all just luck. Yeah. Us, You're right. You too, Kyle, you've probably experienced this being young and buying your first property. Everybody's like, oh, it's yeah. all luck. Haha. <laughs> and you're like, no, we, we worked <laughs> hard <laughs> to get in here and took a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Lot, I, lot of, I forget. Oh, sorry, Chris. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, like, a, a lot of a lot of people that uh, that that say that you know it's it's all luck are a lot of the people who will give up very quickly at, at the first at the first roadblock. They won't roll with the punches. They'll get the first punch and they'll fall over and they'll go. I'm going back to where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I totally agree. And like, um, oh, what was it? I forget where I was going with that, <laughs> but um, yeah, I totally just forgot where I was going with that. It's all oh. right, buddy, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the SpongeBob. I had to throw a SpongeBob. We had to throw at least one SpongeBob reference in there. <laughs> it's, it's not me and Kyle seeing each other if we don't reference SpongeBob at least once. Yes, <laughs> and Chris <laughs> did a little bit aggravated. <laughs> Why can't you two ever be serious? Ah. We're on a podcast. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, I feel like one thing, too, is, uh, you know, like, being really careful, like, who you get your advice from. Because, you know, some people that, like you were just talking about, Chris, you know, might be, it might not necessarily be, like, to tear you down in a way, you know, from the, like the bigger things that you're trying to do. Like, I think it's in most cases, probably more of just like a, you know, fearing for like the well being of the person, like trying to do that thing. Like, especially if they're like somebody super close and like, cause I mean, like you guys were saying it earlier, like not everybody is able to, to take these kind of opportunities. And like, it's pretty unfortunate, pretty unfortunate, you know, that more people don't know about this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it's something that's really important to at least be able to like show, you know, the kind of things that are possible, you know, to a lot more people, especially with um, Pepper and, uh, you know, to be able to uh, like get in, you know, with a lower barrier of entry, you know, with like a 3% down loan, a 5% down loan, like most people, including myself, you know, before starting to get into real estate figured it was like, you know, 20% down, like you'll be saving up for 20 years. And like, cause that's the norm, because you know? And like, it's really, nobody really talks about the 3% and 5% down options. Exactly. Or even and FHA, back, like three and a half percent. Like there's a couple different yeah. options out there, you know, and like, you might qualify for a couple of them, you know? And like, it's just like, you almost have to like stumble across it by accident. And like most people do. You know, like it's not common knowledge and it's, it's kind of messed up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they should really but, teach stuff in high school. <laughs> I <yeah. laughs> You know, I mean, like, that's the thing, like, you know, like you guys are, are living proof of, you know, being like that this stuff works, you know what I mean? Like you're both in college and like, you know, moved like a state over, you know, bought a, a multifamily, <laughs> at, you know, under 25 years old. Like it's, this is real stuff guys. And like, you know, like anybody can do it. You know what I mean? You just kind of have to put your mind to it and roll in with the punches as uh, 
<laughs> as Cassidy would say. And Cassidy rolling with the punches, Schultz. Yes, correct. <laughs> it's your new nickname. Okay, that's a really long nickname. But... <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> gonna make a placard for it and everything. It's going to be a very long placard. It's going to be like this big. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. next degree that I'll get, I'll put that on my diploma. <laughs> it's not Elizabeth anymore. It's rolling with the punches. This master's of science is given to Cassidy rolling with the punches. <laughs> with the quotation marks. <laughs> with yeah. the quote. Yeah, it's yeah. just going to be Chris's pictures of Chris's hands instead of quotes. So, how do you guys define wealth? I know we kind of, you know, talked about it quite a bit, but yeah. I think being able to do what you want when you want without being tied down. Yeah. Where? Yeah. That, that's that's probably it i think also um you know having wealth is <laughs> i i said this earlier and it seemed a little cringy but i'll say it now anyway uh <laughs> having wealth is not just uh financial right having the the you know financial capability isn't worthwhile unless you have you know a lot of a lot of friends and family and people around you that you like trust enjoy spending time with yeah. um, and and like doing activities with right a, a truly wealthy person has both financial stability and safety and lots of great people to surround themselves with yeah i think that's absolutely huge because like especially to be able to achieve financial freedom like you're gonna have to find some sort of balance between you know grinding out and like doing you know whatever you have to do to get that next property or to start that business or, or whatever it is. But on the flip side, you know, once you get to that point, like that's fantastic. But like, if you are a, a, like, even like a little bit imbalanced, then, you know, some of those relationships that you might have with like friends, family, and like the people who you want to be enjoying that with, you know, might not be there anymore. You know, if, if you just focus on like 100% on one thing and, you know, not really like find that balance, and like, I feel like that's something that's kind of tough to do, you know, because like you want what you want so bad and like, you might know how to get there and like have the vision and like, you just want to do, 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 like, just, just do it all. But, you know, you still have to be able to, to maintain those relationships, you know, with friends and family and be able to kind of divvy your time up. And it's something that's kind of hard to figure out. I'm definitely still in the process of figuring it out, <laughs> you know? There's um, there's a lot of people out there that will that will work their butts off yeah. to get to that financial independence number and be able to go. I'm I'm finally financially independent. I'm free. And then they'll look around and they'll realize that right they've been grinding for so long, trying to search for properties, saving money by turning down every social opportunity and, and that sort of thing, yep. that they just don't have that many people around them. It's, exactly. It's not worth sacrificing all of that to make it to the financial finish line if you don't have the rest of it straightened out with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. It really is. <laughs> it was a good point. Cool. Yes. <laughs> good point, sweetheart. <laughs> Lots of good advice. Great advice. So speaking of advice, segue, um, what is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio? 
or even just to start in general what was that Cassidy (laughs) I said roll with the punches (laughs) (laughs) no it's true though it's it's a really uh really really tough thing to get into and it's extremely scary the closer you get yeah um I'll just say start talking to people uh I I met you know a guy in Albany through bigger pockets I went to a meetup there I started talking to a lot of people there got an idea of what their rental property situation was um me and me and that friend you know we're, we're still friends to this day he's helping get some of my friends into rental properties um we were looking at a you know a large multifamily together of course through bigger pockets I met I met Kyle uh, you know made this first house hack possible um and just just meeting people and talking to people that have had these experiences makes it so much more real and so much more feasible in your head yeah. that that's one of the most important things that you, you can you do. can't go at it alone yeah basically. yes yeah definitely not that's that's extremely valuable like on so many levels like even like you know when you have problems that come up like you know to be able to go to those people and like you know tell them what's going on because like you might be like totally freaking out about it and then you know you go to your somebody else in your network or like you know another investor you met in the area or something and you know you tell him or her about it and they're like dude like that's nothing like you literally just do like this and this and you'll be all set yeah. And like, it, it's something like as simple as that, you know, and like the more connections you have, like the more, the more power, you know, that you're able to leverage, like to get to that next step or even like, you know, I mean, like when you get going or like when you first get going, you know, the things that like absolutely scare the crap out of you, like that you want to, you know, accomplish, even like getting pre-approved, like something like that, you know, might be extremely scary. But like, if you go to, you know, somebody else, you know, that's done it like a million times, they'll be like, oh, dude, like, just have a conversation with them, like, see what's going on, like, see if there's anything you can do, you know, in the meantime, to be able to get a higher pre-approval, like, just sit down and have a conversation. Like, you're not, you know, they're not going to like come after you, like with their claws up and be like, rawr, you know, (laughs) um, you know, it's like, it's, it's almost like it's not as scary as you make it most of the time but you don't know that until you actually have done it you know and like yeah like even like in terms of mindset too like you might only think like oh you know like i'll get a pre-approval but like maybe it'll only be for like you know 200 or 300 or something like that and then having a conversation with one person all of a sudden turns your mind into oh well if you get a two three or four unit property now you can get up to five hundred thousand whoa 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 whoa! you know off of like a five minute conversation you know what i mean like bigger pockets for example like the amount of people that are on there that just like really want to help you like get going and and see you succeed and like if you show that you're super driven like the sky's the limit you know and like i can't tell you like how many times even like you know picking up like one sentence from talking to like one person has like totally you know absolutely changed everything because like that's all it takes you know what i mean like is one person that like might tell you one thing that you know somebody taught them a long time ago and you know to them it's just second nature um you know telling you for the first time 
and like it might totally you know just blow your socks off because like you've never um you know came across this yet and like that that was something that um yeah it, it happened to me personally quite a few times actually like there was one uh shout out to nate swift um <laughs> uh, nate swift <laughs> um no i don't know him but he sounds cool if kyle (laughs) well he was uh let's be friends he's absolutely awesome guy and um he he was one of the ones who you know i'll I'll use him as an example i'll have to i'll have to talk to him later on about it but so i remember you know he was one of like the first investors that i started talking to and i found him you know from instagram like he was just you know somebody doing his thing and um you know eventually it led to like you know just shooting the breeze back and forth about real estate and then you know we kind of developed like a friendship and stuff like that and i was telling him because this was a couple years ago and like i just started my day job and i was only there for it was going to be a year like the next month and you know in my head the only thing that i thought um you know that would make you eligible for your for a pre-approval is to have two years of consistent income because that's what you see, you know, a lot of the times going for, you know, regular loans. Um, and I was telling him, I'm like, oh man, like I got to wait like a whole nother year to be able to get pre-approved, you know, until I have two years in my day job. And he's like, dude, you're ready. I'm like, Nate, what are you talking about, man? He's like, Kyle, like you're literally ready. Like right now. I'm like, what? I'm not really understanding. Like, what, what do you mean? He's like, you, you know, some lenders are able to take, you know, if you went to college, they're able to sometimes take like a year or, you know, two years of, you know, being in college. And if you had like, you know, a full-time job, like a year after that, and it'll probably depend lender to lender. I, I would recommend, you know, talking to a lender about it. Um, we are but, not basically, loan <laughs> but, you know, my, my point being, um, is basically like I went to a community college after high school for a year and like didn't end up liking it, jumped back into, you know, the trade that I'm in, worked there for a year. And he was telling me to talk to a loan officer because little did I know that that loan officer was able to get me pre-approved in like the next week because he was able to take the year of, you know, community college that I was there full time, as well as the one year that I was at my day job. And that literally happened off of like, you know, a single sentence from an Instagram conversation. And like, it saved me like a whole year worth of time. Like it's stuff like that. Like you never know. Like Chris said, like the value of just talking to people is crazy. Like it's, it's literally life-changing. That's a funny example that you bring up too, because <laughs> you probably remember this. I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't even know that the typical thing for mortgages was people thinking like you need two years of job experience or whatever i went into it you know blind as a bat i was like ah, i'm just gonna get a mortgage this will be fine uh, <laughs> it'll be all right <laughs> okay, mortgage anyone these days. i had i had just i had graduated uh with my bachelor's degree in may up until that point i had really only been working co-ops and like student jobs and that sort of thing and i had a full-time job that i started in may yeah. we had the pre-approval two months after that, I think, three months after that, something like that, um, based off of, you know, very, very few income statements, right? Definitely not even a full year worth of income statements, but I got pretty approved. Yeah. 
I got pre-approved for, for a, a much higher amount than I ever thought that I could personally manage. And it got us into this cool ass rental property. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The power is absolutely crazy. You know, and then like learning from, like if you learn from somebody else, which this was another one that happened, um, you know, of learning that like your pre-approval might only go so high for, you know, like a single family or a duplex. But if you ask for a pre-approval for three or four units, like it might be drastically different than, you know, the pre-approval that you might've got the first time. So like pairing those two things, literally like two conversations, all of a sudden turned, you know, thinking that I wasn't able to get pre-approved at all. And I have to wait another 365 days to being able to afford a three or four unit property and still be comfortable, you know, after using leverage like the right way and not, um, you know, biting off more than you could chew and potentially putting yourself in a dangerous position. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like it all just happens from conversations and you, you never know. And especially like, you know, real estate investors in general, um, you know, this industry that I've seen is like, I feel like because it's such a, a team-based sport that in a way, <laughs> all right. The Olympics of real estate. We're all, I mean, we're all playing for the same, uh, for the same goal, right? <laughs> Technically. Yeah. Everybody, everybody can get the goal and everybody can win is the only difference. That's not a very fun sport. Participation <laughs> no, awards for everyone. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You know what? I'll rephrase. There are winners and there are losers. Uh, <laughs> the winners are the ones who, who, who stick through it all the way. And, and make it to, I'm not calling Roll everybody else losers. Roll with the punches. Clear. <laughs> You're not a loser if you don't invest in real estate. You are probably great. <laughs> we like you still, but we think you should buy a duplex. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like, I feel like it's like, because it's, it's so like, you know, team-based and like, you know, just people working with people, like 99.999% of people, you know, are happy to just like sit down and have like, you know, a phone call with you or, or just connect and like, cause you never know who you're going to be working with, mm -hmm. you know, and like what be it, you know, other investors and or loan officers or attorneys or, you know, inspectors, flippers, like, you know, people in, in different um, segments of, or I guess like doing other, other things, I guess you could say like people doing buy and hold, some people doing flips like everybody can help each other out in different ways. And even like as somebody just beginning, you know, like not necessarily having a whole lot to bring to the table. Like if you show that, you know, you're extremely driven and like you're willing to put the work in and everything, like most people want to have conversations with you. Yeah. And like, if you just, yeah. you know, keep connecting with people, especially like local people too, like the amount of people like in your town that like you could totally, you know, like be friends with, like maybe even work for and like, you know, like an internship kind of thing, like be learning a lot from them and, and helping them, you know, do some of the grunt work and stuff. Or even Chris, like you mentioned, going to, um, you know, just uh, like real estate investor meetups and stuff, you know, literally yeah. everybody shooting the breeze, like there's all kinds of people there. 
you know, people just starting out looking for their first property or people that are doing, you know, a hundred unit deals. Like there's like the whole spectrum and like everybody's shooting the breeze, you know, like it's, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think one of the coolest things about uh, real estate investing too, is that you can get really creative, right? Deals, a good deal is a good deal. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't have the money for it, right? Somebody does, you know, if you can't afford a duplex at the moment, right? Cause, cause like purchasing a half million dollar duplex, even with the lowest down payment option and yada, yada, it still might require, you know, $30,000 of your own capital. And if yeah. you don't have that, you know, it wouldn't be smart to buy a property, but you can partner with somebody on a bigger deal. You can find seller financing in some markets. You can still wholesale. You can, maybe flip a property. I mean, you can do, you can do a heck of a lot of things, especially yep. if you talk to the people who've had experience or, or partner with people who have, who have money and you can, you know, handle a lot of the, the stuff on the deal. You know, you can, you can get your, uh, what's the word called? Get your foot in. Is get that... your foot in the door. Yeah. You can get your yeah. foot in the door. <laughs> really not easily but you can get your foot in the door and you can start you can start making making these moves to make your initial sum of money if you want to purchase your own multifamily and, and keep going from there right lots of creative ways to to do it mm -hmm. totally and like that's one thing that's cool too is like you know if you wanted to buy a duplex like you know and say you know the amount that you got pre-approved for isn't exactly what you were looking for or you know it might be a little bit out of range then there's a couple different options you can make, like just trying to stay in buy and hold. Like you could either like, you know, look in different areas for a duplex, you know, depending on like your day job or, you know, whatever your situation may be, you know, and be able to maybe take a little bit more of a commute or you could, you know, swap to, even if you bought, like you mentioned earlier, Chris, like a single family or something and like, you know, rent it out like each of the bedrooms. Like it's the same type of concept or, you know, renting out your closets to your friends and making that cash moolah, <laughs> you know, like the, the creativity is, is insane. Like, even if Lynn, like the cool thing is, is you can mix strategies too. You know, like if you bought like a duplex or a three family, you know, and you had a couple extra bedrooms, like you could rent those out by the room, you know, and then like, there's a lot of different ways and like pieces you can take in and take out to be able to make your numbers work. And like, yeah, it's, I wish, you know, a little bit, um, or I wish, you know, a lot more assets were, were, you know, kind of this, this unique, you know, in terms of creativity and like being able to try out different pieces, take things in, put those, put, take things out and yeah, real estate's one of a kind. <laughs> it also means you can have, uh, you can have multiple kinds of exit strategies and, and that kind of thing too, right? Like, like this yeah. property, for example, you know, Worst came to worst, you know, market goes terrible or the rents are, you know, falling or, or something. We could always split it into condos, right? Mm -hmm. And sell one, one part of the place and still own the other part, right? That was one of the, the ideas that was floated to us when we bought the place. By the listing yeah. I have a listing. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. Shout out to Anthony. Uh, shout out to Anthony. Uh, uh, 
Coldwell Banker. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I think it was Barrett Sotheby's. I believe. Barrett Sotheby's. Forget this Anthony. Coldwell Banker slander. <laughs> now you gotta have two pens. <laughs> and the, 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 the Wells Fargo and the Coldwell, and the Coldwell. Banker pen. That's right. Um, I'm really batting zero today. <laughs> but yeah, you know it's it's really like no other, and you know just being able to to kind of you know, go out and meet the right people and, and formulate those relationships and keep rolling with the punches <laughs> and uh, you'll be well on your way. <laughs> so question for you guys, and we talked about it a little bit, but I'll ask it again. <laughs> uh, the question is, do you read and what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? Now this could be like a you know like a podcast, an audio book, like YouTube, anything. <laughs> so I I do not read real estate books because I'm too busy reading the Bridgerton books. <laughs> um, no, not, not actually. I, I did actually read them and they were good. But anyway, I, I digress. You keep talking about that because <laughs> that's like the only series that I've read in the last year. That's fair. That's fair. Because I don't. My philosophy is like I read too much for school. I don't want to do it in my free time. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. I like watching you. I prefer YouTubers. I, I'm not really a. I'm not really a podcast gal. I know I'm literally on a podcast right now. <laughs> like, I just don't, I'm not a big fan of podcasts. So I, I prefer yeah. YouTubers. I like Graham, Graham Stefan a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I watch Selling Sunset. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, that's kind of more a, a reality yes, uh, it TV is. show. <laughs> it, it gives me my fill while also being real estate adjacent. Anyway, Graham Stefan, I like him a lot. He has a lot of He's amazing. advice. Yeah. That's fair. Cool guy. Um. I liked Rich Dad Poor Dad a lot. I mean, that's kind of the quintessential one, so I'll, I'll come up with one more. Um, oh, the the, uh, the the multifamily investing books that that Bigger Pockets came out with. I think yeah. I think Brandon Turner wrote one. I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote the other one. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, they're they're. I started reading. Uh, I'm about halfway through part one, I think, and I I gave it to my parents because they wanted to learn more about real estate. After hey, this nice. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get them into it. Um, but I mean, it's great. It's very information dense. They've got all sorts of different creative strategies, and they kind of outline everything you need to know about uh, small multifamily investing. So, you know, shout out to them. It's yeah. a good book. Those books <laughs> really. are super good. Highly recommend the uh, the bigger pockets books, guys. They're absolutely amazing. Yep, yep, hundred percent. I've heard good things about them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few. You can. I understand you can borrow, that. You can borrow. Uh, I'm really busy reading about uh, yeah, worms. <laughs> worm scientist. I'm not a worm scientist yet. You'll be a worm scientist. Yet. Soon. <laughs> Very soon. Yes. 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 You want worms? <laughs> I got some worms. <laughs> got worms. Not in my stomach. Well, yeah. Thank you so, so much for coming on here, guys. That was absolutely amazing. So Thanks. where on um like social media and stuff can you guys be found? I'm on Facebook. That's it. <laughs> I actually, no, I just made a Twitter actually. Um, it's at Schultz Cassidy, my name backwards. I haven't tweeted, but 
come follow me, I guess. Maybe I'll tweet something fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a lot of social media, so that's where you can find me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at Chris Vanderloo on, on most things. Chris underscore Vanderloo on Twitter. I think Chris Vanderloo on Instagram. Uh, and my website, chrisvanderloo.com. He has, a, he has a domain. Guys, go check out. The I do domain. have a domain. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> look at me in awe, please. <laughs> he updates the website once a year. I paid $8 and 50 cents a year for a domain. Make it worth it. <laughs> yes. Make it worth it. Visit it. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so, so much guys for coming on. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully, you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, 